Are you confused yet? Mask mandates, no mask mandates. The vaccine will protect you. The vaccine won't protect you. You can spread it, you can't spread it. Ah, let's break down all the newest madness out there for COVID. Also, remember, the enemy is you. Coming up next on I'm Right. In areas with substantial and high transmission, CDC recommends fully vaccinated people wear masks in public indoor settings to help prevent the spread of the Delta variant and protect others. This includes schools. CDC recommends that everyone in K-12 schools wear a mask indoors, including teachers, staff, students, and visitors, regardless of vaccination status. What? I, I don't understand. Is that you right now? Are you staring at the television right now saying, I, I, what? I, they said they wouldn't, uh, but I got back. I don't understand. Here, I'm about to lay it all out for you. I'm about to lay it out for you so you can understand and so you can be better prepared for the future. Here's the timeline on how all this went down. By the time we get to the end of it, I think you're going to fully understand. Long time ago, about a year and a half ago, you and I heard about coronavirus. This is overseas. There's something going on in China. Maybe you didn't even hear about it. And then some people were dying in Italy. And then it came here. And they told you, once it got here, you have to go home for 15 days to slow the spread. If you're confused about what you just saw from the CDC, and we'll go into more and more of this, but if you're confused about what you just saw from the CDC director, you must understand you have to rewind all the way back to 15 days to slow the spread to fully understand what you're dealing with here. See, you, you want to do something, and I get this, it's human nature. You want to believe you want to believe, uh, uh, yeah, this politician's a scumbag, or this guy's bad, or that, but out there, in general, these people really do want what's best. They want what's best for America. They do want to stop a virus. They want to protect us. They want to save the country. They want to do the right thing. They have a sense of duty. You want to believe that. I know you do. It's human nature. I'll be honest. Obviously, I'm a cynic beyond belief now, but I wish that was true. It's not as if I'm thrilled about this. I wish that was true, but none of these people care about you. None of them. None of these people care about America. If you're confused about all these new guidelines and things we're about to go over and none of it makes sense and none of it seems to be backed up by data and none of it seems to be scientific and you don't understand, the reason you don't understand is you still think this is about coronavirus. You still think this is about stopping it and, and getting herd immunity and vaccinations and protecting people and keeping people safe. It was never about coronavirus. Never. It was about power and control. It was about people who have a lot of money and power figuring out a way to make more of it. And yes, coronavirus is real. But no, people aren't out there actually trying to solve the problem. I mean, people on the ground are. You have nurses and doctors out there treating people who come in with it, trying to save lives. They're, they're doing the right thing for the most part. But these people in government and the CDC and president and all these, 
they don't actually care. They're not trying to solve it. They're enjoying power and control. They're enjoying their rich friends getting richer. They're enjoying paying back their political friends. This isn't about coronavirus now. Yeah, maybe you're waking up to that fact, but you really have to wake up to the fact that it never was. This was never about coronavirus, ever. Uh, societies throughout history, they would have probably arrested and put their government leaders on trial if their government leaders came to them and said, all right, there's a disease here. What we're going to need you to do, stop earning a living. Go home and hide. What? Are you, what? People wouldn't have done it. Our government decided to try it here, and they watched people do it. Do you think they were going to issue orders like that and then watch people comply and stop issuing insane orders? These people get off on this stuff. No, they're not going to stop. They're never going to stop until you stop complying. They're never going to let up. This stuff is without end. See, they keep dangling a carrot out there for you. And I see so many of my friends on the right who have fallen for this too. Well, it is just 15 days. All right, another month. It's no big deal. It's just, it's just a pause on the economy. Just a, all right, another month. Okay, maybe Easter. We're all in this together. You know, how many times do you have to hear that crap? And my friend, they, I'm talking about friends of mine on the right. Okay, all right, well, all right, I'll get, I'll get the vaccine. I mean, I'm... I don't, I'm not really sure about it, but I, I want to go to concerts again. All right, I'll, I'll get the vaccine. I just really want to see Europe this year. I want to get the vaccine just so they'll let us get back to normal. They're never going to let you get back to normal. There's not some goal at the end of this where any of these scumbags are going to get and they're going to say, you know, all right, no more power for me. Let the people go back to being free. That's not how they think. That's never going to happen. Either you're going to go be free or you're still going to be chasing COVID carrots for the next 45 years of your existence. Stop. These people are all liars. They don't care about you. They don't care about coronavirus. They don't care if you die. Half of them want you to. Accept that. I know that's hard to accept. I know you want to imagine that there's still a President Eisenhower up there, just a warrior for America. Those days are gone. Stop. You sound like the child who believes in Santa Claus. Those days are gone. It's, none of this is backed by anything. We have a chart of the COVID deaths. They're amongst the lowest they've been since the start of the year. Amongst the lowest they've been since the start of the year. Keep in mind, deaths are way down at a time where they're cramming vaccination and masks down your throat. Oh, but that doesn't make sense. Yes, it does. It makes perfect sense when you understand it's not about coronavirus. Yes, it does. It all makes sense. Oh, why are they doing it? It's funny you brought that up. Why would the CDC issue a ruling that isn't backed by data, doesn't make sense to anybody? Why would they do that? Well, remember the whole paying back your political friends thing? Breitbart has a report. Teachers unions, they're the ones pushing the mandatory masks. Teachers unions. Pushing masks, pushing vaccines. This has been all over Newsweek and everything else. Of course, of course. You see, you didn't think it was about coronavirus, did you? 
This became all about getting Democrat donors bunches of money, crushing small businesses because small business owners are overwhelmingly Republican. Yeah, let's boost up the Amazon stock and slaughter all their competitors who also happen to all be Republicans. This was never about coronavirus, ever. Just accept it. Accept that there's no carrot. Remember when the White House tweeted this in May, by the way? Big news from the CDC. If you're fully vaccinated, you do not need to wear a mask, indoors or outdoors, in most settings. That's weird. But now they changed their minds. No, they didn't change their minds. They were never going to let you go. They're never going to let you go. And here's what's wild right now. Understand this. We're not reaching some peak saturation point where people are so done with vaccines and masks and all this other garbage that they're just, all right, everyone's going to back off. They're ramping things up. You're starting to see it all over the place. This employer is requiring it. This hospital is requiring it. This airline's requiring it. Joe Biden's threatening the whole federal government. Will you require all federal employees to get vaccinated? That's under consideration right now, but if you're not vaccinated, you're not nearly as smart as I thought you were. Are you concerned that the CDC's new mask guidance could sow confusion? We have a pandemic because of the unvaccinated, and there's so enormous confusion. And the more we learn, the more we learn about this virus and the Delta variation, the more we have to be worried and concerned. And then only one thing we know for sure, if those other 100 million people got vaccinated, we'd be in a very different world. Yeah, of course. Haven't you heard? This pandemic, it's only a pandemic because of you. No, it's not because of China and the lab over there and the one Dr. Fountry was kind of involved with. It's not because of any of that. This is all your fault, haven't you heard? This thing is your fault. I bet you didn't know that. Here's our lovely vice president. People need to get vaccinated. That's the only way. We're going to cut this thing off. Nobody likes wearing a mask. Get vaccinated. Just get vaccinated. Kamala Harris, she really cares. Haven't you heard? Joe Biden, they really care. They, they, they're really worried about coronavirus. They want you to get vaccinated. I mean, that's what they're saying, but it's really weird. We have this thing right down south called the border. You see, there's us, and then there's Mexico right across the border. These... Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, they're very worried about coronavirus. And yet the first thing they did when they walked into office was open up our southern border. We have tens of thousands. I can't stress that enough. Tens of thousands of people, unvaccinated people, pouring across the southern border who are being released into the United States of America. Many of them released without even giving them a court date when to show back up again to see whether or not they can stay here permanently. Oh, but they're very worried about coronavirus. Haven't you heard? Very worried. We've got to shake people at this point and say, come on now. We tried voluntary. You know, we could not have been more kind and compassionate as a country. Free testing everywhere you turn, incentives, friendly, warm embrace. 
the voluntary phase is over. We can keep doing those things. I'm not saying shut it down. I'm saying voluntary alone doesn't work. It's time for mandates. They tried voluntary, but you didn't comply. Voluntary is over. Now they're coming with mandates. You comfortable with American politicians talking to you like that? Who the heck does Bill de Blasio think he is? These people, what have I told you about every liberal you know, even your kooky aunt on Facebook, every single liberal you know, they're an inch away from becoming a tyrant, an inch. All it'll take is a little nudge because the entire ideology is based on coercion. You must force people to comply with communism, otherwise who would ever comply with that evil demonic religion? Listen to how these people talk. This person, this is a doctor on CNN. I also think that the CDC guidance today that was really important that maybe hasn't gotten as much media attention is around testing because the CDC also today said that if you are vaccinated but asymptomatic and now you're exposed to somebody who has COVID-19, you should be tested, you should still be quarantining. And I think that's really important for people to know because the guidance really has changed substantially today. Yeah, of course. Now, that's all the bad news. Here's the good news. There are plenty of Americans out there who are sick of this nonsense. This pastor in Tennessee, I got to tell you, I got to get to this church. Don't believe this Delta variant nonsense. Stop it. Stop it. I know right wing watch watching. I don't care. If they go through round two and you start showing up all these masks and all this nonsense, I'll ask you to leave. I will ask you to leave. I am not playing these Democrat games up in this church. If you want a social distance, go to First Baptist Church, but don't come to this one. I'm done with it. I said I'm done with it. I ain't playing these stupid games. We got to get that guy on the show. All right. We got a great show for you tonight. Are you already the enemy of the state? We'll talk about that next. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. But first. I need you to take this home title theft thing really seriously. Your home title is not in a bank vault somewhere. It is online. They're trying to hack all of them as we speak. If they get it, they're going to wipe you out. Listen to this guy. Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh, no, I have title insurance for that. No, it's, it's in my name. Or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it, or sold the property, or done whatever I've done with it, it's 60 to 90 days to even figure out that, that they're the victim of this crime. You know, by that point, you start getting foreclosure notices, and you realize you've got four mortgages on your house. Not only that, you don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name. Don't let it happen to you. Go get HomeTitleLock.com now. HomeTitleLock.com. They detect any tampering. They shut it down immediately. Make sure you use the promo code RADIO, though. That gets you 30 days free. We'll be back. I have to get a couple things off my chest about yesterday. That January 6th hearing where you had the cops up there talking about this was worse than Iraq. And you had Adam Kinzinger, that loser, and Adam Schiff up there, fake tears. Oh, you guys did it. You saved America. I just, I want you to understand. Yes, we can mock these people. We should. 
Yes, we should call out crisis actors like these loser cops, these Capitol Police officers. We've dug into all of them. Yeah, they're all left-wing hacks and have been for a long time. All that was a play. All that was written. All that was scripted. So let's just set aside the hearing for a moment, and it's important you understand this. They're not letting January 6th go for a very specific reason. No, it's not because that day almost brought down America. No, it's because it's not because they care about any property damage or, or loss of life, even. Communists don't care about that. What if communists ever cared about loss of life? They don't care about anything. They don't care about mass shootings when they happen, and they run to the microphone and talk about gun control. They don't care. These people don't think in those terms. Yesterday was about one thing and one thing only, and it's not the last thing you'll hear about January 6th. They're going to keep it up. Yesterday and the future is all about making sure you are the enemy. You are the enemy. How many times have you heard me say they're trying to make you the enemy of the state? They're trying to make you a domestic terrorist. And don't make this mistake, people. People do this all the time. They say to themselves, well, I mean, not, not me. Maybe some wingnut out there. No, 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 no. They're not worried about the wing nuts and nut jobs out there. They're worried about you. They're worried about normal, right-thinking Americans who are looking at what's happening to our country and our culture in absolute horror and want something done about it. They don't want you to be able to speak. I can't drive that point home enough. They don't want you to have a voice at all. That's why the endless campaigns to stop you on social media. They don't want you to have a vote at all. In fact, they don't want you to be free. And no, they don't care if you're alive either. Look, I've been telling you this stuff for a long time. They're coming out and saying it now. New York Times, number one paper in America, by the way. Biggest newspaper in America, New York Times. This is their reporter, Katie Benner. She went on Twitter and said, Trump supporters are the enemy of the state and the entire Republican Party supports threats to the state. Well, wait a minute. That sounds familiar. That sounds a lot like exactly what I told you they were doing. What they want, what they really want is they want to be able to turn to their friends at the FBI and the ATF and DOJ and all these, all these enforcement armed groups, right? The ones with the power to really destroy your life, IRS, other, all the enforcement arms, they want to be able to look at them and say, hey, FBI, Bob there votes Republican. You want to do something about that? That's really what they want. Because the ultimate force is government force. They have so much power at their fingertips now because they control completely all these cultural institutions. They're dying to use that power. The only way they can get away with using that power in this country is to slowly but surely build up this image that anyone on the right, anyone who votes against them, is the enemy. They do. They want you treated like Al-Qaeda. And I'll be honest with something else, and you can think I'm just trying to be over the top. I'm not. I'll be honest with you. If they had to choose between getting al-Qaeda or ISIS or whoever out of the United States or getting you out, they would get you out without hesitation. To them, you're already the enemy. 
They're just working their way up to make sure it becomes official policy. That's what all this is about. Twitter went out yesterday. They banned all the election uh, stuff about the audit going on in Arizona. We've talked to you about this several times before. There's an audit right now going on in Arizona. And the, the more the audit goes on, the worse it's looking. I mean, we've had several talks about the election and what happened, and we're trying to figure out what happened and how bad it was. And I mean, we know something happened. The more information we're finding out in places like Georgia and Arizona, it doesn't look good. It looks, in fact, really, really, really bad. And now big tech is out there making sure you don't get to hear about it. Why shouldn't you hear about an official audit going on? And why would big tech be so worried if you find out information? Why would they be worried about that? You see every single part of the system, not just the government parts, big tech included, every single part of the system, they're interested in getting rid of you and shutting you up. And that can be hard to accept. That's a bitter pill to swallow, right? What do you mean they're against me? They are. They're against you. Until you understand what you're facing, until you understand this isn't a political battle between Republicans and Democrats, this is something much, much, much worse. Until you get to that point, you'll never be able to take these people on and win. All right, we have an app. The First TV has an app. Go to your app store and download the First TV app. You can watch me, all of our shows, on demand anytime you want. You can also watch the first live. We're not going anywhere, so you might as well sit back and enjoy the best political content out there. Go download the first TV app today. We'll be back. Big tech is a big deal. As you know, we talk about it all the time on this show. I was thrilled when President Trump announced the lawsuit. I don't know any details of this lawsuit. I don't know where it's going. I don't know if it has a chance to win, but I know somebody who does. Kalen Dorr is joining me now. He is the VP of Communications at the Director of Center for Media Accountability of the America First Policy Institute. Kalen, one, that is quite a mouthful. Two, where's this thing going? <laughs> well, thanks for having me on, Jesse. Uh, word on the street is, if you say the phrase, take on big tech three times in a row, I magically appear. So somebody over in your control room must be doing the Lord's work. Uh, we, <laughs> we're we very supportive of, of President Trump's uh, lawsuit against big tech. We announced some additional uh, class action reps earlier today, uh, including Wayne Allen Root, a conservative talk show host who was censored, as well as Dr. Naomi Wolf, uh, who was removed from, from social media as well. And a part of this complaint also features some, some pretty grave offensives uh, that, that social media has taken against us since actually announcing the lawsuit. Uh, we posted clips of President Trump's announcement uh, alongside uh, our president and CEO, Brooke Rollins, speaking about it. And YouTube actually selectively edited the video uh, around some of the most important content. So uh, you know, last time I was here, we were talking about uh, how the media is not paying attention to any of this. They're letting them get away with it. They're letting them get away with it again. You know, Saki, uh, Beddingfield, all these folks in the administration are actively calling on these companies to censor conservatives. And you know this thing is we're going to bring this across the finish line. 
Kaylin, help me understand something, because I understand they all think alike. They all want the same thing. They all want you to shut up and me to shut up and us to not be allowed to speak anymore. But recently we saw the Biden administration chastising Facebook and others like that. Why? Where'd that come from? It was out of the blue. Well, I, I think they're they're running into problems with, with their messaging and, and everyone's kind of getting crisscrossed. I mean, you see Twitter is taking action against there's some new social media platforms out there that are, you know, harnessing uh, individuals IP. Uh, you know, they, they've taken action against like Getter, um, you know, and, and they're understanding now that they're they weren't playing as much 3D chess as they thought uh, as they thought they were before. Right. These guys have been playing the game out in the open and they just think so little of people like you and I, the people they want to silence, that they think they're gonna just get away with all this in broad daylight. They think that they can actively call. I mean, when Jin Saki took to the uh, podium a week or so ago, she said explicitly conservative media outlets are those that need to take a look at whether or not they're being factual or not. She didn't call out the fact that CNN's had Dr. Fauci, our, our Lord and Savior, Dr. Fauci, on TV mm. countless times to spread nonsense. No, it was you know people like you, people like you know our, our good friends uh, across the conservative spectrum that they're actively targeting, and and so I think they realize finally that the tide's turning a little bit. Everybody hates them. Uh, they just want to do everything in their power to control uh, everything we do, whether it's mask mandates, whether it's what we can say, you know, to our friends. We saw PayPal actually uh, partner up with the Anti-Defamation League for some initiative. I mean, Lord knows what could go wrong there, right? So they're realizing they're getting they're getting a little ahead of their skis. And I think what we've been seeing is, uh, you know, they're trying to hedge their bets. And, and, you know, obviously we all know that they're not doing anything productive, but they're trying to make sure that there's a little bit of, of space between them. What's happening with the Arizona audit accounts? For one, what were these accounts? What were they doing? So I'm not you know, entirely uh, familiar with what was going on there, but I, I do think that these audit accounts should be allowed to post on the platform. Uh, this wow. seems wildly just partisan, uh, you know, and, and I think especially as we talk about, you know, here at AFPI this week, we rolled out some initiatives through our Center for Election Integrity. We, you know, we announced we hired uh, the great Kim Blackwell and, and Hogan Gilley, a Trump administration alum, to come in and really uh, spearhead these efforts. But, you know, what we're, what we're seeing is any question of, you know, our elections is deemed an attack on democracy when really we should be, right, and I think you would agree, like constantly looking at what happened and determining better ways to execute our elections. It's, you know, every time someone steals a vote, um, they're stealing a vote from someone who cast their ballot lawfully. And, you know, we need to be looking at things in a way that makes it, you know, uh, harder to cheat, um, but definitely easier to vote. And so, you know, I'm not familiar with the you know, ins and outs of the Arizona audit operation. I do think it is wildly partisan for them to come after these folks just because they're questioning uh, not, not necessarily the election results, but what transpired. Uh, I, I think that's just wildly partisan. I, I think you would agree, right? Well, yeah, of course. Uh, I want to play a little video of Dr. Fauci for you. I think you'll enjoy. Hang on. <laughs> Something has changed, and what has changed is the virus. The CDC hasn't changed, and the CDC hasn't really flip-flopped at all. What's happened 
is that when that earlier recommendation was made, we were dealing predominantly with the alpha variant. Nothing's changed, Kevin. Haven't you heard? They've been consistent the whole time. I don't know why you're confused. There's, I think, maybe 10 minutes of clips of Dr. Fauci saying the complete, like, opposite things for the last, like, six months. Uh, he's a disaster, man. And this is the latest CDC guidance is Joe Biden surrendering to the virus once again. Can you imagine? I mean, like, patriots like yourself, like President Trump, none of these people would ever let a virus derail the American way of life. It's just not feasible. People don't want a return to lockdowns, a return to muzzles, not not necessarily masks, because I mean, still no one no one knows whether or not masks are effective. I doubt it. But you can't you can't look at what's happening with these people and not tell me or tell any normal American with a brain and two eyeballs that what they're doing is in the best interest of the American people. And I, I, like, why should someone get vaccinated if they have to wear a mask indoors? What what are the what are the what are the benefits that they're pitching? It's so, you know, that they're using this as a as a stick. They're not using a carrot to get people to get vaccinated. And it, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Kaylin, I want to play you a little video of the president. That, and he said a bunch of things like this. I find it interesting. I have to seek permission to leave. I haven't checked, you notice. <laughs> Thank you again. Seek permission? He's, he's, he said several things like this when he's leaving these events. The, I'm going to be in trouble. They're going to be mad at me. Kalen, who is scolding the president of the United States when he goes off stage? I mean, it's very, it's very clearly uh, Kamala Harris, right? It, it's it's got to be. She's the, the puppeteer. I mean, the guy is nothing but a puppet for the radical left. He doesn't know where he is. And, and, that's, and that's the most disgusting part about this is that everybody sees that, our enemies you know, across the, the globe look at that and they just get stronger, man. This is like Popeye eating spinach to them. Every time this guy appears on stage and says nonsense like this, you know, it, it empowers some of the most awful people in the world. And, you know, I, he, he's definitely not in charge. I think that's very clear. Is it Kamala Harris? Is it Hillary Clinton? You know, I could speculate all day. It could be any number of a cabal of, of radical folks, but, you know, I'd be curious to hear who do you who do you think is the uh, the man behind the mask? Who do you think lets him out of his you know cryo chamber every morning? <laughs> I think it's Jill. I've always thought it was Jill. Kalen Dor, thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you, Jesse. I'll talk to you later. Carol Roth, the great Carol Roth, joins us next. Hang on. Always the best part of our day. Joining me now, Carol Roth, former investment banker and, of course, author of the book that is blowing through this country, The War on Small Business. Carol, uh, speaking of small business, you'll have to forgive me if I think a lot of the last year and a half of insanity was simply Democrats taking the opportunity to attack small business owners who overwhelmingly vote Republican. And I still think half of this new stuff is the same thing. And them pointing their guns at small business owners, trying to finish them off. Survey says number one answer, Jesse Kelly. Absolutely. And it's well. not just so much that small businesses vote Republican. 
it's that they stand against the consolidation of power. Before COVID, there was 30.2 million small businesses in this country. They're very independent. They're very decentralized. The other half of the economy, about half the GDP and half the jobs, are concentrated in about 10 to 15,000 big businesses. So if you're a politician and you're seeking lobbying dollars and you're seeking uh, re-election support and the like, it's much easier for you to deal with these big companies and try to wrangle up a bunch of small companies. And so whether you think that they're too small to matter or too hard to control, it doesn't matter. The outcome is still the same. They stay in the way, stand in the way of consolidated power, which is exactly why we should be supporting small businesses and exactly why the politicians don't. Carol, now obviously I know you're a big small business fan. Everyone knows my thoughts on the matter, but let's say I'm a complete cold-hearted jerk which actually I kind of am, but let's say I'm a complete cold-hearted jerk and I don't care about small business or anything else. What if I say, I just, I love Amazon. I don't care if everything goes to Amazon. It's so nice. Carol, why shouldn't everything be run by Amazon? Uh, I guess it depends on how you feel about uh, economic freedom and wealth creation opportunities in this country, how you feel about competition driving innovation and driving down prices for consumers. We have done better as a country and countries that have moved closer to capitalism have done better when we have had more free markets, when we've had more small businesses, more people who are competing. You have to remember the big businesses were once small businesses too. And I know it seems like Amazon's been around forever, but 50 years ago, there was no Amazon. So if you wanna have the next big innovative business, you need to start with that small business and you need to do it also to preserve wealth creation opportunities for Americans. I mean, the way that you create wealth in part is through ownership and equity. And if we take away that opportunity, you know, where are people turning in order to have that economic freedom? Carol, when do we start to stray from a capitalist system to more of a cronyist system, which is what we have now? I know you love that cronyism word so much. When did that begin? So I mean, the elements of it were always there. You can go back into the eight, late 1800s and you know, go back into the Morgans and, and even just the creation of the Federal Reserve was all done um, in a highly cronious manner. But in terms of the where it's really moved us towards this consolidated big government, we've seen a huge acceleration of that within the last 20 years. I mean, if you look at the amount of spending at the federal level, if you look at the increase in the, the debt that we've had, um, which you know at, at one point in time was uh, $10 trillion not that long ago, and then over the next couple of decades has exploded to almost $30 trillion, you know, it just goes to show you that this is exponentially accelerating in terms of government spending, government pure purview, and that's all related to this move towards cronyism and this consolidation of power. So, you know, elements of, of it's always been there, but we're we're seeing that rapid acceleration, and it's to the detriment to the average of the average American. Why so rapid now? I mean, besides all the COVID insanity, which obviously explains itself, but why such a pickup now? Because it seems like, I asked the question because it seems like all the bad things are picking up now and picking up speed, I mean, so quickly, people can't seem to keep up. Why is it all happening so fast now? 
Um, I will tie a lot of it to the Federal Reserve and their uh, printing of money out of nowhere. You saw some acceleration when we moved off the gold standard and allowed for this money printing. But once um, you know that was sort of opened up as a possibility, and particularly after the Great Recession, that has allowed for exponential spending because when the government overspends and they need to issue debt to finance that spending because it's not like they're selling off our landmarks to to finance the spending um, they don't need to go out and find an investor at, anymore to to purchase that debt they've got the federal reserve who's been basically monetizing the debt which is a, a progressive um, fantasy ideal called modern monetary theory or i like to call it magic money trade but it all goes back to this this reckless spending um, this, this reckless spending by the government and this creation of money from nowhere and the federal reserve and the government enabling each other's bad behavior that really has allowed for this acceleration to happen in my opinion Carol, what's shrinkflation? How do you even find these words? <laughs> well, um, as, as I've said before, if you're a fan of, of Seinfeld, you know that at shrinking anything, shrinkage is bad. We don't like when our hairlines recede. We don't like when our bank accounts uh, shrink. We really are, are clothes shrinking. Shrinking is not a good thing, Jesse. Um, so shrinkflation, uh, mm. as we know, the prices of everything is going up, regular inflation. And so one of the ways that companies and retailers are dealing with this and passing it on to the consumer without trying to let on to it is they're keeping the prices of the goods that you buy constant, but they're uh, they're decreasing the size of what you're getting. So fewer ounces of a product, a food product, um, fewer rolls of, of toilet paper on your roll. And so that's what's referred to as shrinkflation. And they're doing it in very devious ways too. Like in some cases, they're taking the boxes and they're making them taller and leaner, much like you, Jesse Kelly, to try to, to, to hide the fact uh, that there's less of the product inside. And so you think that you're getting this new supersized deal and you're actually getting less product. So it's a very deceptive tactic to try and, and keep you from understanding that you're paying more for everything that you buy. Mm, that is just dirty pool right there. Carol, is there... Is there, and it's fine if there's not, is there any good news on the horizon for our economy? Because it looks to me, from, the, from you know, just the idiot's point of view, it looks like one gigantic bubble ready to burst. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we could talk for days, and we have talked for days about all the bad things that are going on. I mean, the one thing that is still good, despite all of the, the punches that they've taken, is that as a group, entrepreneurs still have that entrepreneurial spirit. And with all the stimulus money that came in last year, there was actually a record number of new business starts. So despite the fact that we now have the government as the number one risk to small business, people are still making that leap and uh, perhaps taking into account that there's extra risk. But we still have that American spirit of innovation and desire for economic freedom that's alive and well. We just need to make sure that we as consumers support it and make sure that the government doesn't stomp on that so that they go back to war and finish the job that they've already started in terms of the war on small business and absolutely crush the backbone of the economy. Carol, 
people, I, I get emails all the time of people, especially after we have people like you on, and they say, hey, I want to I learn finances more. I want to learn how an economy works more so I can teach my kids. We had uh, Dave Brad, a professor on earlier this week, and he said, no one's financially literate anymore. Yeah. What's the Carol Roth, dumb it down solution for a parent out there, doesn't know, never been taught? How do they start to learn about economics? Yeah, I mean, a really great place to start. Well, first of all, you should follow me on Twitter at Carol J.S. Roth, because I put out information all the mm -hmm. time in, a, in an easy to understand manner. Uh, but there are a, you know, a handful of books that really explain economics in a way that uh, isn't wonky. One of them, and don't be intimidated by the size, is Basic Economics by Thomas Sowell. Uh, it doesn't have like the charts and the graphs and the things that make you want to go to sleep. It uses sort of real world examples to help explain economic concepts and things that are relevant to what we endure every day, like the minimum wage. So I think that's a really great place to start. Uh, and then just online, there's so many YouTube videos. Go search the great economists, uh, Sowell, as I mentioned, Milton Friedman, Hayek, Murray Rothbard, and start watching the videos, the things that they were saying years and years ago, back when Donahue used to have economists on uh, TV shows, which was amazing. They still stand today. You know, the, the basics of the fundamentals of economics haven't changed, even though the particulars of our world haven't. So go back and watch Milton Friedman, uh, Fried Choose, and the story about the creation of a pencil, or watch him on Donahue, and those videos will help teach you more than you'll probably learn um, in any four-year institution. <laughs> To be, to be frank these days. I remember when I first started getting into this stuff and wanted to learn, I bought Milton Friedman's Free to Choose, and that was back in the day, I don't know if people still do this, where you fold over the, the, the top corner of the page, Highlights. and by the time I was done with the book, I had like, I had like 50 of the corners folded. Like, oh, that's so good. I want to go back and read that again. Milton Friedman's Free to Choose. What a book. Carol Roth, thank you so much, ma'am. Always a pleasure. All right, let's lighten the mood. Next. All right, how's your heart? Your heart doing okay? If you have heart problems, you may struggle with this current lighten the mood of today. It is, well, I'll just put it to you this way. This guy is 210 feet in the air. I need to go lay down. I'll see you tomorrow.